And so he's gone. He is gone. Aaron Rodgers is gone, although in his farewell message to the Green Bay Packers and their faithful, he said, oh, this is this this isn't forever. I'll be back again. Some like there was an ominous little tone to what Aaron Rodgers was talking about. Although I will say this. I know a lot of people have been going out there. We've been celebrating that Aaron Rodgers is finally gone. He's finally out of the division. But the whole thing, and this is the thing that 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 sprung to me the other night, last night, I should say, is that Aaron Rodgers is gone. And yet the year that we finally make it back to the Super Bowl, there's about a hundred percent chance that we play the Jets with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. It just it's a matter of fact. It's going to happen. So let's prepare ourselves for that. But in the immediate immediacy, Aaron Rodgers is no longer here with the Green Bay Packers, and I can't wait to talk about it. So, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. Uh, It is time for Take It to the Rank. Great show tonight. We are days, no hours away from the NFL draft. All these Oh, these mock drafts, all this stuff is going to go away here in a in a matter of hours. And uh, we will see you this Thursday night. Rip Beer Company in Huntington Beach, PCH location. We'll be hosting a little Bears draft party uh, for anybody in the Southern California area want to hang out. We'll be doing some live hits for there. From there, uh, we will doing be doing it, of course, uh, for the Sick Podcast. We'll join the Tape Never Lies, do some other things, probably do some whatever, whatever the kids do, TikToks all that good stuff. So grip beer company, Huntington beach, PCH location. As for tonight's show, uh, we're going to be joined by the NFL networks, Cynthia Freeland, uh, who is going to be talking to us about some of the biggest stories of the draft, including the latest news on Jalen Carter and will Levis, who is telling his friends and family that he is going to be the first overall pick in the draft, which is amazing. It feels like the the Panthers would be playing 3D chess in an effort to tank this season to be able to grab Caleb Williams. The only problem is the Bears have that pick. So please, Carolina, draft Will Levis. That that can't help but work out well. Whatever, whatever we can do to get Will Levis to Carolina, uh, the Bears need to make that happen because then we will be picking first overall next season it'll be pretty good but in any event uh joining us right now as she does every tuesday from foxsports.com and more importantly the sick podcast it's carmen vitale carmen how are you living i'm great i'm great i'm back in chicago we're ready back, for the draft back in chicago i what is what is what is the pulse of the city right now in the wake of the aaron rogers uh not retirement but being moved to new york is it the talk of the town or does nobody care? Oh, no, everybody cares. Everything's rejoicing. I mean, I, I really, I wasn't in Chicago when the news broke. Oh. But I have to imagine there are going to be press conference watch parties tomorrow <laughs> at various bars across the city because the boogeyman is gone. 
And I'm, I probably shouldn't say this, but I also don't really think the Packers are going to be that bad without him. Wait, hold on. You don't think they're going to be that bad without him? You're thinking, oh, God, here we go. You probably. <laughs> so I just think everybody's taking it for okay. granted. The odds have gone all the way down. They're the, they've got they're the long shot now to win the NFC North, and while I don't necessarily disagree with that, I just I don't I don't think that we should expect a huge drop off necessarily. We've been through this before, and my entire life, the Packers have figured it out, and I'm just not ready to say that they're not going to do it again. All right. Well, I guess I guess I have to ask this question. I I feel like I should know the answer, but given what happened a couple of weeks ago, I can't say that I do. Uh, would you rather have right now Jordan Love or Justin Fields? Justin Fields. Oh, what? Okay. I love right now. No, until right I don't. Now. I don't know anything about Jordan Love. Do you, know. do you know anything about Jordan Love? I don't know anything about Jordan Love. You know what? It is fair because you know we can't say whether Jordan Love is good or bad, but he's a former first round pick. He was drafted <laughs> ahead of Jalen Hurts. What? What? What is the expectation? Like, what do you think? the expectation would be for Jordan Love? Honestly, I think this offense is going to look like what we thought it was going to look like last year with the new receivers, the young receivers and all that kind of stuff. I think they lean too heavily on still having Aaron Rodgers and they didn't tweak their system very much. The Packers didn't tweak their system very much. I think what we're going to see is Green Bay leaning on their run game. They brought Aaron Jones back for a reason. So they have Aaron Jones, they have A.J. Dillon in the backfield. That's really, it's a really great situation for a young quarterback like Jordan Love to lean on not to mention, still a good offensive line. I think he could do with some reinforcing there. And then if this Packers defense lives up to the talent that they have, they have eight first-round picks on that side of the ball. Yeah. So you couple that with the fact that you have a good ground game. I think that Jordan Love is in a really good situation. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have the same record, maybe even better than they did last year. I don't know that I don't even know that a, like a wild card is out of the question for them because again. I grew up here, grew yeah. up watching Packers too, and I'm just not ready to say just because Aaron Rodgers is gone that they're going to fall apart. They're it's not going un- to. It's uh, obviously not, uh, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. So if they, again, if they mirror last season by not making the playoffs, I would be very into that. It's funny because, you know, having older relatives, you know, they, my dad, I think I've mentioned this numerous times, my dad, outside of Charles Martin, didn't hate the Packers as much as he hated the 49ers and hated the Washington football, whatever, just because of the eighties. He, he still goes back and like, they ruined, they ruined our best seasons uh, as opposed to the Packers who've been dominant when the bears haven't really been good because when Lovey Smith first took over, he dominated the Packers for uh, not, 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 not exactly. Cause there was an NFC championship game that we lost, but in any event, um, but the Packers, yeah, they do have a lot of talent. And I think it is um, it is foolish to just assume they're going to be, you know, four and I hate 17 games, four and 13 or anything like that. That's not possible. I think they'll be very competitive running the football, playing defense. It's a very Mitch Trubisky 2018 type of season that could be built for them. But is this going to be, but looking at the timeline for Jordan Love, is this his only season or, or what is, what is the plan for the Packers? Like what does their timeline look like with Jordan love? 
No, I think that you were so anxious to get him on the field that you have to give him more than one year. And I I realize that that's not conducive to then having to pick up his fifth year option and you're kind of your back's against the wall and having to do that. But I think it's only fair because you really don't know what you have in him. And one year isn't long enough to evaluate that. Not to mention, you're giving Aaron Rodgers $40 million to F off right now. What's half huh. that? For, for a fifth-year option. I mean, more a little more than half that. But what's half that for a fifth-year option for, for Jordan Love, for your quarterback under center? So you're, you still have this exorbitant deal off the books after this year. You're eating $40 million in dead money. Uh, as, as it currently stands, we don't know the contract details. If, if Aaron Rodgers has – there's been talks about him reworking and signing the new contract to make it more palatable for both the Packers and the Jets. So we'll see. But the sentiment remains the same. You can't just give this guy after three years of riding the bench, one year to prove himself right. in you know his first iteration. You would you wouldn't do that to any first round pick, and just because your back's against the wall with the fifth year option, I mean that was kind of your doing. You should have gotten you should have moved on last year. But I think that that's something that they're willing to eat, um, especially when it comes to. I mean, listen, they got a great return for for Aaron Rodgers. They have 11 picks in this draft. You're going to be able to arm Jordan Love with a lot of talent on top of what he already has. Then you need to give him some time to get used to that. I want to get into which side of this is the, is the, uh, the winner, but I feel like this is very similar to what Daniel Jones went through last season with the New York Giants where, yeah, Brian Dable was going to give him more than one season to go out there and prove what he's got. And I would tell every Bears fan this too, like, we don't want the Packers to be that bad. Like we want them to be like somewhat competitive because we don't want them challenging for Caleb Williams. Like we don't want any sort of situation like that at all. So we want them to be like sort of good, sort of mid, but nothing great or anything like that. I could see them middling just like they did this past year. Honestly, I don't see them really going any further down than that. And like I said, if Jordan Love, I know Matt LaFleur has tried to temper expectations on Jordan Love, right? At owners' meetings, he was like, is he going to come in and be Aaron Rodgers? Of course not. Aaron Rodgers is four-time MVP, two times in the last three years. But can he turn into another potential Hall of Fame quarterback? We don't know, and he very well could. And like I said, growing up in Chicago, my entire lifetime, I do not know the Packers without a future Hall of Famer under center. I was whatever four years old when when far took over right so i just I, I can't allow myself to think that they made such a big mistake for a guy that they traded up to get and has now had the benefit of three years learning from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game and being indoctrinated into the system that he is already so familiar with i just think that that transition is going to go pretty seamlessly quite honestly all right. Well, you need to go Google Don Mikowski and Lynn Dickey and some of these other scrubs that played for the Packers. And it's a in different game back. now. Adam. That's doing any fair. good. That's fair. Yeah, they had bigger shoulder pads and everything. Who do you feel though? Like I, I saw a lot of I thought I saw both fan bases claiming that they fleeced the other. Do you? I, I, I felt it was pretty even. I, I thought like both teams did pretty well, and I actually think that Joe Douglas did a nice job in what he did for the, for the New York jets. Is it possible to say that both teams came out ahead on this? Yes. 
this is a very rare occurrence where you it worked out for everybody. There yeah. was no going back. We talked about that so many times. The Jets had made this very cushy, pillowy, soft landing spot for Aaron Rodgers by going and getting his favorite coach in Nathaniel Hackett, by going and get, getting Alan Lazard, his favorite target over the last couple of years. And they, they were too far gone. They had to make this trade work. Not to mention, Aaron Rodgers himself said he wanted to be a Jet. So that Packers, Packers are out at this point. Yeah. To get anything back for that and to offload that contract, even though you're going to have to eat all of the dead money at this point, is, that's a win for them. Plus, like I said, they have, the Packers have 11 draft picks. That's crazy. And I know the sticking point was they wanted a first-rounder outright. They wanted a future first-rounder outright. And the Jets were like, no, we're not going to give that to you because we don't know if he's going to be there for more than one year, which is a totally valid concern. What did sure. they do? They got a conditional second round pick that is based on playtime, not on performance. 65, as long as Aaron Rodgers, this is, the, this is what's being reported, is that as long as Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the Jets' offensive snaps, he's a quarterback, he's supposed to play 100%. He's mm-hmm. going to blow past that barring any sort of injury, and that becomes a first round pick. So... Did you get an outright first pick, first round pick? No, but you got as good as one. Not yeah. to mention you moved up two spots in the draft, which I had talked about on a Twitter spaces the other day when, when all of this broke. The Packers are picking at 15. They are now picking at 13. My last mock draft, I had them picking Dalton Kincaid at 15 because I didn't like the value for anything else at that point, and they really need a tight end. And I think it would be really funny if they chose a pass catcher, not a wide receiver, but a pass catcher in the first round yeah. now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. But moving up to that 13th spot, it, it I know it's only two spots, but it changed things for me. And I'm like, now you're talking about getting one of the top tackles in this class. Now you might have your pick of the litter at wide receiver. Those two spots made a difference, not to mention the Packers and the Jets have some very similar needs when it comes to first-round draft talent. Mm -hmm. And what the Jets allowed the Packers to do was jump them. So now it's going to be – I think it worked out really, really well for the Packers. I think the Packers probably had the edge throughout this whole process because they could have even kept Aaron Rodgers on the books. Like they didn't really have to trade him. It it would have been a really big pill to swallow, but they would have been fine. Whereas the jets were just SOL. So that being said, I think this worked out for both sides and it took long enough. So I hope it did, you know, I would say so. I think that both teams, you know, because everything, as you said, was so telegraphed, they couldn't really go out there and, you know, pretend like they were going to get Lamar Jackson or anything. Uh, one last thing on Aaron Rodgers. I'll say this right now. The, to me, and people will disagree, and they've already disagreed on Twitter, the Jets to me are the favorite. I really do believe that they're the favorite. I honestly, like the Jets last year were playing so well with Zach Wilson and Mike White. Aaron Rodgers is going to come in. Aaron Rodgers is also going to come in probably fully healthy. His thumb's going to be fine. I think he goes yeah. for like at least 5K, 50 touchdowns. Uh, you know, after it's funny because after all the years of hearing that Aaron Rodgers is the best of all time, now people act like he sucks. And you're like, wait a minute. Like you couldn't, you couldn't praise him enough when he was in Green Bay and now in New York. like, oh, temper. What? Why would I temper expectations? Um, I think the Jets are the favorite in the AFC. How do you, how do you feel the, uh, the Jets look right now? 
I'm not ready to say they're the favorite in the AFC just because that is a minefield of competition. I do, however, think that they are in contention for the favorite in the AFC East. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, I'm in AFC East. I'm, in, I'm sorry. I'm in AFC East. Okay. I'm like, not the entire conference. You no, no, no. You no, 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 no. That's, that's my mistake. I missed it. Yeah, I no, missed I, But I do think that, yeah, them, the Bills, we're, we're going to see here very quickly. I agree with you. I think the thumb was a bigger deal last year than he let on, than anyone was talking about. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. He, like, I just, He's got a familiar offense, too. That's the big part of this, is Nathaniel Hackett runs a system that he is intimately familiar with, though the guys that he's throwing to don't know him as well yet. Mark my words, he shows up to OTAs, it's over. Like, it is yeah. over for everyone. If yeah. he actually kind of gets acclimated to this, I don't know that it's oh, – I, I hesitate to say it's over. It's not 5,050 touchdowns. That's still a tall order for, for a 38-year-old wow. quarterback. 17 but, games. He's fine. It's – it's going to happen, uh, and I'm letting – listen, You like you said, you keep saying, like, you've grown up in Chicago. You know all too well how good Aaron Rodgers is, and you know who else knows all too well how great Aaron Rodgers is, is one of the best in the business. Uh, she is one of my mm-hmm. colleagues at the NFL Network. Each week she offers projections during the regular season, which honestly, pretty spot on. That's what I use for fantasy football. Now she is a major part of the NFL Network draft coverage, and we are honored to have her joining us here this evening as we welcome back to the show Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network. Where's Gordy? I got to see. Can we see? Where's Gordy? He'll come up in a second. Every time I turn on the light, the dog's like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I being summoned? He, like, (laughs) loves it. (laughs) Yeah, Gordy just kind of saunters in like, hey, is it my time to shine? He's like, I'll come in at the end and just steal the whole show. That's just how I roll. That's what we, well, yes. Well, we'll, we'll look forward to an appearance for him. Uh, we, uh, we we're very thankful to have you here. We know we're, you're very busy. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. The Rogers deal finally got done. Who got the best of it? You know, to be honest, I think it was the Jets. I know a lot of people talk about the leverage that the Packers had, but I don't know. I did the math. The pick flip from the only two spots at the two spots they were picking was worth like a hundred points on the Jimmy Johnson scale, which is nothing like a fourth right. rounder. And then the, the potential for a contingent second round, you know, or to, to translate to a first round pick. And then whatever those later round swaps that happened, to be honest, they really didn't get it. It's a back end. It would be a back end. Maybe I, I kind of value it at like 800 fake points. Right. Which is like yeah. in the twenties for a pick. So I just think that, you know, look, uh, Aaron Rodgers, his 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 opportunity with the with the Jets is, you know, to actually play. Whereas like the Packers, their opportunity was to pay him and him not play or to get some anything for him and then move on. So I think they actually both won. But in reality, I think like in terms of the deal making structure, I actually think the Jets got did a better job in terms of you know the the straight haul than 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 did the Packers. I think it's interesting too, though, to think a little bit ahead and play the what if game, though, because if if Rogers, you know, he said he was ninety percent retired coming into, and I don't know that I believe that, right. but hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Jets could be right back needing a quarterback next year without a first round pick if he decides to retire after playing almost all of the Jets offensive snaps. So that conditional pick becomes a first rounder. 
you're shipping that off to Green Bay, and now you need a quarterback because yours just retired after a year. I just, it's, I like to play that what if game just a little bit more, and maybe it's because I want the Packers to kind of come out, which is weird to say on the better end of this. Well, to me, the reality is, is like, you know, some of these coaches, the, and it, this isn't to be offensive to Jets coaches at all, but it's been kind of a revolving door there for quite some time. And, you know, to you, sometimes you just have to plant your flag and go for it. So it's, it's less about, to me, like, you know, this isn't like Bill Belichick who gets the opportunity to play with some non-Tom Brady quarterbacks and see how it goes, right? This is like, they need to win now because this, this is probably, you know, they, they get a couple of years and we're nearing the end of that couple of years. And so you might as well, like, instead of strike out looking, like just take a big old crack at it, you know, like mm-hmm. just the biggest one possible. Yeah, it is. But how did you, did you appreciate the news though? I mean, obviously Carmen and I are bears <laughs> fans or at least I'm a bears fan. Carmen, we're I was going to say, you can't really put that on me still, right now. I used to be a bears fan. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Well, he was very excited that, um, he's very excited that Aaron Rodgers is no longer here. How did you celebrate? What? Clay, come here. Come here real quick. Come say, they want to say hello. I'm so sorry. Hi. Hi. Oh, you're very cute. Can you hear them? She said you're very cute. Okay. Now go. Get out of here. He was, uh, we went, we went to Rite Aid today, uh, to go get ice cream. And as you do, you walk around the store, you know, while you're eating your ice cream and he found there's a, there's a camera over the liquor section. So then he spent his whole time there dancing in front of it. And he was like, dad, come here and dance. And you know, he, I guess he takes after me, uh, mugging for the camera. At great length. Okay. I, I, I don't know how to, I, Carmen, you probably have a, you have a, I think you have a question. I'm sorry. I've lost all train of thought. Uh, the you were just happy I was as happy as you were. Yes. That's, that's camp. what I was. Yeah. How yeah, was it? Yeah. How you? You're a fellow NFC Norther, Cynthia. So. I mean, the, the one rule about being a Lions fan is that we're self-loathing. So it's like, oh, right. But we just lost a bunch of players last week, whatever. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers leading is a very, Helpful. I mean, I remember a Rogers to Rogers pass that was pretty gut wrenching and a pretty terrible memory for me. But you know, other than that, you know, I, I I'm pretty stoked that he's gone. And it's also, I would just like to point out that at this moment in time, Jared Goff is a top five NFC quarterback. Let's just let's just put that out there. Yep. And an yep. NFC North, I'm, I'm, yes. Jared Goff. That Jared Goff is a top five NFC North quarterback. No, I would, NFC North. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You can you can quote me on that. I was I don't mind I don't mind people knowing Jared Goff top five in the NFC North of quarterbacks. I, I will agree. say I tweeted when the Rogers news hit. I tweeted I don't know if you guys watched Space have seen Space Jam, but like the aliens when they're little, and I'm like yeah. NFC quarterbacks, and then the Monstars, and I'm like AFC quarterbacks because the field is so <laughs> the discrepancy in talent between the two conferences now is just the balance just continues to shift. It's wild. Yeah, but I, I, I did have a question. Should we go into questions? Please. For Cynthia? Oh, please. I have a please. question. I know you do. I know Off you of do. the Aaron Rodgers thing. This is a Bears podcast. We're not talking enough about, we're not talking too much about Aaron Rodgers anymore. Okay. Um, I'm taking a page out of your book, Adam. But I want to know about a guy that could potentially fall to, that I've been hearing a lot about. Teams have taken visits with him in the top 10. Jalen Carter. Every team I've heard recently that has interviewed him, 
comes away feeling better about him. What is the general consensus, do you think, as to Jalen Carter's perspective range? Do you think that he falls out of the top 10? Do you think he makes it down to number nine for the Bears? Or are we still talking about, well, he's one of the best defensive prospects, so he's not getting out very far. Okay. I don't think he's getting past Seattle. Um, I, I think he's going to, I think he's a top six pick top, at the most. Um, I don't think Bears fans need to do too much uh, investigating as to whether they want Jalen Carter, because <laughs> I don't think he's going to be, he's not going to be on the board, like in my opinion. And, you know, feeling better, look, like they're obviously well-documented that he had some off the field questions about things that happened. You know, every, every player who has things like that, like, you know, at least he got a chance to address them in the all thirties makes me feel more comfortable with like the process. Remember Laramie Tunsil didn't get a chance to address whatever mm-hmm. happened with him. So, you know, the, like, I'm just happy that a person's able to give their side of the story before the draft, but you know, don't worry about it, Chicago, because he ain't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting. Well, like what if Seattle passes on him and what if the lions pass on him, then is it worth taking him? Because clearly there's something that they've uncovered. Well, I mean, look, like it depends on who's making the picks, right? Like I, I would say sometimes Seattle has made, uh, I guess we're going to use like weird picks. Like I, I don't, you know, they're not as weird as the Patriots, but Seattle doesn't always take <laughs> who we have consensus decided in the media is the best player. Um, and the, and the lions, like, let's be fair. Like who know, like, I feel like sometimes they could throw a dart and that could be their, their decision. So, you know, and also like if Aaron Glenn has, is really pounding the table, they got rid of Jeff Okuda, who was a first round pick at, in the second year. And Aaron Glenn was a defensive back. So it's, it depends on how much, you know, people have a voice and who's making the actual decision. I, I just don't think he gets, and then of course you remember the, the Las Vegas also could really, I mean, Vegas's defense, like the entire thing could be filled out with new players. So, I mean, I just feel like there's too many people who would have him ranked too highly that it's unfortunate. I mean, and I actually don't think that's a problem. I think that there are going to be a lot of great players. Nine's a really nice spot, especially with presumably three, two to three quarterbacks having already been gone. So that's only six spots. That's, that's not a bad, that's you're picking seven. You know what I mean? You're. Yeah, absolutely. And if it gets crazy and four quarterbacks go in that top nine, like it's even better for the bears. And it's, it's just, I, I, Carmen and I have talked about this at great length where we keep saying like the lions in Seattle make way too much sense. And if they don't, then they move on. Uh, Even Atlanta would make sense because they need help on the defensive front as well. But one player that's been mocked to Atlanta recently gets mocked to the bears a lot. And I'm talking about Bajan Robinson. I keep seeing his name connected. Daniel Jeremiah <laughs> mentioned it. This can't be real. Yeah, automatic no. Automatic no. Thank you. No. I mean, look, it's not, look, I, I, I would love to, like, I went to college with Ryan Poles. We think exactly yeah. the same. And that's what, but, um, but no, I mean, look, I just don't think that they have the luxury of picking a running back, especially that high up. Remember the, the way that the pricing works out, you, what you're picking in the top, like you probably should pick a high position value player, like a defensive end or a corner or something a little bit higher, just the way that the rookie pay scale nets out. But mm-hmm. it's not that Bijan Robinson isn't a very special running back. He absolutely is. I just don't think that when you have a quarterback that's as dynamic as Justin Fields, you're going to look to add at that position when you've got like an entire O-line to help him out with. And also 
a lot of defensive needs, like, an, like a secondary would be great. And, you know, some, some pass rush help would also kind of be nice. And, you know, yeah. it, you can never get too many pass catchers, right? There's, there's just too many, you know, most people, most people, and, you know, would it say like the five key positions, quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, cornerback, wide receiver, and, you know, edge and left edge and left tackle and corner and receiver can be, you can flip flop those, but those are the five value positions because the bears have needs at those positions. I just don't see them going for the luxury of a, of a running back that high, especially with they, they're smart people there. Like these are smart people. By the way, this is the Braxton Jones show of record. So insinuating the bears need a left tackle is a little offensive to us, but that's okay. That's okay. I'll, no. I'll allow for you. Anybody else, I would have been if it was Brian. But, I mean, you take Peter Skaronsky, then you could like use him as a guard or a tackle. So it no, really don't say is- guard. This is also the Peter Skaronsky is not a guard show. Of I don't record. think he's a guard That's either. Me. But That's I don't think he's a guard. I don't, I don't no, no. I've talked to his 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 trainer that he's been working with this off season, and he is very adamant that Peter himself is adamant. I'm a tackle. I'm a tackle. Yeah. I'm going to shut everybody up about playing guard or whatever. Too, because it's a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but good for him. But yes, no. And I'm not worried about his arms. They're not out of yeah. range small. They're shorter than some people's, but they're not out of range small. His center of gravity is good. He's not a waist bender. He's a tackle. All right. My All girl. right. Now My the girl. two of you, the two of you are ganging up on me. All right, that's fine. He can go play tackle for the Jets and protect Aaron Rodgers and do all that stuff, but it's okay. As long as it's not Bajan Robinson. And it's nothing against Bajan Robinson, per se, who is probably going to be a fantastic player. But uh, for the Bears, I say no. No, I I would agree with you. I I feel like Bajan Robinson, I'll be – I would really like – if you were being like – like if you were were neutral, right, about all of it, like realistically somewhere in the 20s, you'd think a good, a decent, like, all right. And and I don't love a first round running back always, you know, analytics people, whatever, but he does have a lot of pass catching value. He runs deeper routes. He runs crossers. He runs like a lot of, a lot more routes, even than some of the pass catching running backs we talk about, but he's not enough for me in that regard to overcome the positional value of something else that you could get instead in those top 20 something picks. So what should the bears do? build in the trenches depending on look if i'm the bears like start with your o-line if you if you can or if you if they have fallen in like i know that coach eberflus is a really good defensive mind and if he's fallen in love with like if the corner of his dreams happens to fall down there then why not but you know i would say build from build from the the inside out first but again if uh, who am I to say that, you know, if Devin Witherspoon somehow is still available, like snatch good, you know, he doesn't even need to change his clothes, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's fantastic. But, but things with their, you know, rational things kind of playing out, I would say probably O-line, maybe one of the pass rushers, if something weird happens and we get like four quarterbacks in the top 10, maybe you can get one of those pass rushers. Yeah. You know, what is, is uh, Nolan Smith, is it too high at number nine to go for him? No, I think the values there, like, look, Nolan Smith is, you'd have, like, you couldn't, if it were an offensive minded head coach, I would be like, maybe not. But if it's a defensive minded head coach, then I think that it's a much better fit because they, they have this vision. Nobody plays base defense anymore. So mm-hmm. Nolan Smith doesn't, he doesn't like, he's not like a, 
like you wouldn't think of him like 10 years ago if he came out he wouldn't i would say maybe nine's a little too rich but because the versatility of these fronts is what it is no, you know people lining up all these different places i think his his output from college shows that he could easily you know transition to the nfl especially with a defensive minded head coach and and when you look at you know ryan pole's history going back to last season when he turned six picks into 11, what is the probability of him trying to get out of nine? Now, I know a lot of times you don't want to trade down just for the sake of trading down, but it does feel like some of these linemen, whether it's Paris Johnson Jr. or Skaronsky or Osiris or any of these guys, it feels like there's a lot of uh, commonality to where you would probably benefit from trading down. Do you think that that could be in the Bears' plans? Yeah, I think that – I think trading down would – I mean, it, it can make a lot of sense, but I need to give like a quick shout out to how well executed this trade was because I, some people are like, oh, they should have waited longer to get rid of number one. And then, then, you know, you could have maybe gotten more. And I actually completely disagree with that because talking to some of my friends around the league, I think that the bears hit it right in that sweet spot before anyone knew who the, who they really wanted at quarterback and kind of what this consensus would be. And now all these silly rumors that come out draft week about like, we love Will Levis and we're going to yeah. trade out like all these silly Thank things. You. happen. Like, you don't like, you know, people, people like it was really smart. I feel like if there was like a, a stock chart, like you, you sold it at the high, it would not have gotten higher before that. So He's already spun it into gold, in my opinion. So I, I would I, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked it nine, but I think that the board's probably pretty, you know, like you talked about Osiris Torrance, like that guy could be in the second round easily. So, you know, it's like it's like this is But he's not a but he's not a bad player. I, I think that's no, what I was no, it's just because people don't think guards have as much about positional value. So if that's kind of what they're aiming for, then heck, why not? But I think this draft, people are gonna a lot of teams are trying to trade down. Because the general perception is that there's maybe only like 15 to 20 like real normal first rounders as opposed to like, mm -hmm. you know, usually in years past we've seen like two rounds of people who could be first rounders depending on system fit. So I think a lot of teams are trying to trade down. Well, let me ask you then, because it does sound like all these teams want to bounce because none of these quarterbacks have really, really quite separated, regardless of what Will Levis thinks of himself. Is there a chance, and nobody's been talking about this, could the Bears trade up? Like, what if they decided, like, you know what? We absolutely need Jalen Carter. I and mean, nobody's talking about this. But could the Bears possibly be in the market to trade up if, like, something weird happens? I don't know if the Colts would want to move all the way down to nine, but what about the Bears moving up? I, I mean, look, when you just have to find the trade partner. That's the that's the only thing, right? Like, the, the reality is, is like, okay, well, number three becomes really interesting if somehow – the Texans don't take a quarterback. So then you don't need to go up to three, right? And then yeah. now at four, it's likely the Colts. So you'd really be looking at five. Okay, so Seattle, they kind of have similar needs. Are you really going to – are they going to want to agree to trade with you? I don't know. Like, and then, like, so you have to kind of think of where the trade partners might be. I like the idea of in this draft, like everyone's zigging so zag, right? Like everyone's saying, like, I want to trade down, I want to trade down. Well, if you don't have, the, if you're not getting the right surplus value for the trade, don't trade down. Just make the pick. You know, at some point, it's like the pick matters more than that you get an extra seventh round pick for something, right? Like yeah. now, I would love that because, like, I love the like math behind all of it. But at some on some level, like, unless you're getting more 
than you would have done just picking, just make the darn pick. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, and sure, if something really weird happens, like it goes like quarterback, 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 and you go to Seattle and you're like, oh crap, I want Will Anderson with every ounce of my soul. Like, yeah. okay, well, you'd have to probably give up a lot in order to take a player who they might want. Yeah. And, and, and having acquired so much in that Carolina trade that it might not behoove them to go out and make those deals. So yeah, like you said, sometimes staying at nine, you got a top 10 pick. Why not take advantage of it? And we should also take advantage of all the people who've been joining us here this evening, leaving questions, Sammy. Uh, I hope we have some questions. Oh my God. Listen, you, they don't have to wait when they're going to spend $10, but uh, here we go. Uh, what did, what is the chance in your individual appearance that the bears trade out of, of number nine? Now we just talked about this. Um, yeah. You know, you don't trade out the trade out, but like, what is your feeling? Like, do you know when Ryan pulls as you do, do you think, what, what are the odds? If too many defenders go, then I think he trades out. If, if the quarterbacks start to fall and you're, and you're now picking, you know, much higher than nine would suggest, like if, if one of their defensive gems is on the board, they'll pick. But I think that Ryan's probably making some calls to trade down even just a little bit because, you know, hopping in front of some really O-line needy teams is an enticing option. And maybe you could get, you know, a piece of the action. Maybe, maybe the Texans want like something again, right? And they can come up and from 12, who knows, right? But so I would I would actually put it at 60 that they pick and 40 that they that they trade. 60, 40. Ooh. Ooh. that's for what you were just saying though like that i just with all these teams that are trying to trade down is that market going to be there for him that's my only concern like because yeah. it takes two to tango right i think yeah. ideally you would trade yeah. down especially if one of those guys doesn't end up falling one of those blue chip defenders and you can get more value later on but i i've i would probably go 70 30 that they make the pick i just they have so much draft capital between now Mm -hmm. and next year as well that I'm like, are you just getting greedy at this point by trading down and trying to do that? Do we have a guest guest opinion? A guest. uh... Ooh, another guest. I love it. (laughs) I know. I'm like, it's it's just your, it's your, it's, I know it's just yours and I show now. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. No, I think, I actually think like, it's it's interesting. I'm really glad that the Aaron Rodgers stuff dropped today as, or yesterday and and was more clear today because I was worried it was going to be Thursday and we were going to be so cons- it was just going to be crazy or it was going to be like last minute Wednesday. So we like all morning Thursday, we'd be talking about it, but I'm, I'm glad they, they ironed it out now. I would, I wouldn't have put it past if Rogers had any sway over when that was, that was brought out or when that was trotted out. Uh, I feel like he would have wanted it like during the first round of the draft, just to completely blow it up. And and take over. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think it's I think it's very interesting in terms of the Packers. Their their pick is going to be like I think that if they really want to like give the middle finger to Aaron Rodgers, they would draft a first round round wide receiver for like the first time yeah. in forever because it just feels like something like oh, we don't we now we'll do it now of course you know when you're gone. <laughs> My, I, I'm sure you can relate to this. My pre, my petty little heart would love nothing more yeah. than for them to take some sort of pass catcher now that he's gone and be like, well, see, we're capable of it. Okay. And yeah. honestly, I had this discussion and I would be interested to get your take on it given the value between the 15th and the 13th pick. 
I had I had mocked Dalton Kincaid to the Green Bay Packers in my last mock. But now that they're up picking at 13, that all of a sudden, I know it's just two spots. I know the value isn't crazy, but that seems too rich now for Dalton Kincaid. And now I think that maybe you've put yourself in the conversation for one of those top receivers. I think so to me, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the first receiver off the board. Yeah. He's the one. He's got a lot of presence in the slot, but that doesn't mean he ca- catches only shorter passes. He's got a lot of good yards after the catch as well. You know, I, I feel like that pick flop was just swap flop was just a ego move. I think that was a, to make the yeah. math um, sort of balance out from that Jimmy Johnson yeah. chart. So people felt, felt better about themselves, but I don't even know if I think, I mean, I actually think it sounds strange, but I think that they're probably looking, it would seem maybe an O lineman would be another yeah. one that they would think, think because I mean, again, 13 to 15 is not that big of a difference, but you know, in, in theory, the jets also need an O lineman. And so do right. some of the teams behind them, like Washington, et cetera. So, you know, that would be to me, I think that was a, that was a, um, that was an ego moment. That's that's what I'll call it. A power. Oh, but I'm a power. That was his ego. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do think that, and we just talked about it at the top of the show, where now the Packers are going to be able to jump the Jets for a prospect that they potentially would have taken. And so that was kind of Goody just being like, okay, you're not going to give me a first-round pick outright, but guess what? I'm gonna. I might take a prospect. <laughs> if they take Dalton Kincaid, I'll lose my mind, though. I'll be like, Whoa. oh my god. It will cackle. It will cackle. It'll Wait, if the, if the Packers still take Dalton Kincaid? Yeah. Despite moving up three, yeah. But yeah. By the way, was I yeah. muted? By the way, I don't know if you heard what was going on. Everybody's well, no, fine. you were muted. Everybody's good. A little bit of an accident, but oh, it's no. okay. Like oh, no band-aids needed? Are we good? No band-aids. No, no, no. It was a, oh, okay. it was okay. a, it was a cleanup accident. Got it. Yeah. Okay, that I can handle. No, like blood or band aids. No, 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 no. Is me or would be stitches involved? Like right here. I probably got. Oh, I had those too. I got those too. (laughs) No, the boy was the boy was too confident in his tooting ability, and it's like, well, maybe uh, you know. Perfect. We've all been there. We've all been there. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, So Dalton Kincaid, a bunch of good stuff. How about another question, Sammy? Sorry, we'll just I'll just jump in with one of those. Oh my gosh, uh, Rick Ruder, Lucas Van Ness is a Watt brother from another mother. Thoughts on him at number nine? Yeah, I've seen him uh, going as early as number eight to Atlanta. His latest fifteen, sometimes in the the late teens. What do you think about Luther Van Ness? I like Van Ness. I think I think he would. To me, his all of his data, he, he didn't play as many snaps as I'd like to usually see someone play. And he has some situational data, meaning he's best suited for something where he can kind of fold in, not every single down, and then be added with more snaps and more snaps and more snaps. But that that doesn't mean that we couldn't see something. That, like that is a position where what he plays and the all the different alignments that he was a pass rusher out of that is something that is easier to adapt to at the NFL level. He he's not my number one rated guy. He's not, I think I have him at four or five of like in terms of the position, but I still think it's a, it's a great pick and he would be even to me, he'd be even better like with a what, you know, like in for the Steelers, right. something like that. It, he would be better with another, another pass rusher as well. I've had some conversations with some scouts around the league because 
a guy that was a rotational player that didn't start. I'm like, explain this guy to me like I'm five, please. Just I, I need to understand what everybody's seeing in him. And I was just told that he does one thing and he does it really well. And so pairing him, like you said, with a guy like Watt or another guy on the edge, like he doesn't have the versatile toolbox that I think that he could perhaps develop into with a couple of years at the league level. But he does one thing, rushes straight forward very, very well and would be very suited as like a 4-3 defensive end, despite the fact that really no one stays in base anymore. But that being said, I was like, okay, now I kind of get it. And he's a complimentary piece, but he's a damn good one. But if he's, if you're a team like Detroit though, who has that extra pick in the top 10, would he make sense for the Lions? <sighs> the Lions defense, while a, like a really good pass rusher would be great. A really good interior player would be better. Um, the And also like the other side of that corner situation. They did address corner in free agency and they did a nice job. However, that was with Jeff Okuda, who they yeah. got rid of for just a fifth round pick, which I don't know what that means, but seems like not a lot of compensation for a former first round pick. Anyways, a third overall. So I, I would imagine that in <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're better at all. <laughs> uh, interior, de- interior defenders, like even a Kalijah Kansi to me, who's like, you know, oh, more like a miniature player that it, like a little Aaron Donald, like not, not comparing him, but more of the undersized, like not the prototype, like going corner and then Kalijah Kansi, that actually adds more value than a guy like Van S who I don't know how that front really operates as well. Like, Van S to me is an eagle. Like he's a he's yes. built like he's an eagle. Like they they have all those guys and they come from everywhere and that's what they do best. Yeah, it almost feels like for the Bears, it's a little bit like not to put him in the same category as John Robinson, but also one of the those situations where like the Bears aren't there yet. Like yeah, he's a good player. Like if this defense was more established and you're bringing him onto a team that had Khalil Mack and. And Robert Quinn or something like that. Then like, oh my gosh, this guy comes in as another wave. Absolutely. So I'm I'm not as sold on him uh, as a lot of people are. Although I'm really mad if you do it. Like if you drafted him, I'd be like, draft. Like it's not the end of the world. It's just not the. And again, we have to see how the board falls, right? Yeah. Well, there's and there's also of it too. Like I trust Eberflus and I trust Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham to like whatever they do. Even going back to Bajan Robinson. If for some reason the Bears ended up with him, I I guarantee you I will be here on Thursday night rationalizing why this was such a great idea. <laughs> yeah. um, just because I feel like and and people feel like it's foolish to to give so much trust to this staff already, but I I feel like they've done a pretty good job. And like if that's a player that this organization, this regime has identified okay. as somebody who's going to come in and play immediately, I'm all for it. I'm like, okay, let's see what's Let's let's watch them cook and let's see what they're doing. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. Again, if that's who they end up with. That's who they evaluate. Okay, I'm on board. Okay, how about another question though? Uh, do you believe that the Williams fiasco will alter the Lions' draft plans? Yeah, you know what? Like you thought about Jamison Williams coming into that offense, who you know they looked loaded, you know, and uh, you know especially with Amon Ross St. Brown playing so well. I thought that that was just going to be an opportunity for them to, to take a real leap offensively. What do you think? Could that, what do you think that could mean for the lions? Um, I think it could mean, come here, Gordy, Gordy. Um, I think the lions will have to figure out what to do at wide receiver, but I don't think that they'll, it'll alter their first round 
plans. I think that they'll still, I, I think they probably have their draft boards set. And I don't think, you know, this is not a, as, hold on, I'm trying to lure him with treats. Um, this is not as strong of a top end of a draft class as we've seen for wide receivers. In a while, there's a lot of different flavors oh. of wide receivers. So he, so I, I think that they'll probably have to address it in later rounds. Yeah. We're, by the way, having the cutest <laughs> off with the kids and the dogs. I know. Like, I'm like, what do I, I've got my, I've got my Stanley cup right here. Like, cool. Guys, thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have a dog. I'm good. Uh, right now. He'll, he'll squirm in like a second. What a little lover. They're so cute. Oh, he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do think it's, and now I'm totally distracted by the dog. Um, I do know it's great. I do. I, I think that wide receiver was still in need of the Lions as it was. So I just, whether the value ends up being there when you, I don't think you take them with the six, you take a receiver with a six pick, but you know, your second first round pick, if the value's there, like on a Zay right. Flowers, or I even said a Quentin Johnston, just because he's a bigger guy. And I feel like that would mesh well with what they already have and with James Williams out for a little while, especially. Um, but I just I, I want this to be like a Matt Millen experiment with every wide receiver and then like always trouble. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. one of those things. I think Lions fans are still reeling from that. So I understand that you're we probably are. just – and by the way, and you you got such a great value when you drafted Amon Ross St. Brown. You don't need to go back into the first round, especially not the top ten. No. To go after a wide receiver. All right. How about another question? What do we got, Sammy? Uh, who should? Oh, who would you pick a tackle? Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, Peter Skaronsky, or uh, Paris Johnson Jr. I think that's what that's supposed. To, it's not JPP, but PPJ. Wait, PJP. Yeah. P, yeah. Wait, PJJ. I would go. My my order is Skaronsky, PJJ. Did I get it right? PJJ, yes, um, yes, Roderick, and then Tennessee, which is right. Sometimes I call them by school still because I watched it a lot, so it gets the color gets stuck mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I biggest... would love to know what. No, please go ahead. Uh, no, I would love to know what you think about Anton Harrison, the guy, the kid out of Oklahoma. I think that we're not like talking him. about him enough, and I've talked to some people who think that he could potentially be one of the top three tackles off the board. I do. I think he. I think he's a a first round. If he falls in the second round, that's going to be some ridiculous value. But um, the it, it's interesting because when you watch him, he doesn't have like as much of the quickness as some of the other guys. Like watch Skaronsky's feet. Skaronsky has yeah. some of the best feet like in the entire like draft class period. Mm-hmm. At a, along the line at all um but he doesn't have quite as much but he's really physical and he's really like he's going to push you that is that is a bad large man like he so i i think he's great i don't know if it, i'm not sure if he'll end up being third i think to me i think he's my fifth or sixth fifth so so very high but you know that like i don't i don't love that offense for forecasting for the except if you're a pass catcher uh, it's just a harder the, the offensive line play there has not historically been as good and who you learn offensive line play from actually does correlate to success sure. at the next level so yeah. i mean it's not that i don't like him i just you know to me it's like he's probably five like i think he's first round early second round yeah i've i've seen his name you know garnering in a lot of buzz over the last couple of weeks and again as it does during draft week but is there something to be said you know what a lot of people myself included, believe that Ryan Poles has a certain prototype 
of a of an offensive tackle where he's got to have longer. And I know this it's, this comes off as anti Skaronsky, but does Ryan Poles does he have a prototype? And does this happen with a lot of teams where they're like, nope, we like our tackles to do this, to have these measurables or anything? Or are there certain players where you're like, it doesn't matter, he's just too good, we can't pass him up? Ian said that in his presser today, Cunningham. So he said something like. What's your ideal tackle? He's like, he's long with long arms. And everyone's like, that means it's not Skaronsky. I mean, I, I don't know. I Again, I think it's smokescreen at this point. To, to my knowledge, you know, I, I know the Kansas City way. And I know what they value and what they, they have ranges for things. like, And it's not that they would go outside, wouldn't go outside of those ranges. It's just that they'd have to have a really good reason to, which is what I think most people would say in, the, in that regard as well. So... When I'm looking at this, I'm like, I, I, I think that they would take him. I also think that they're not going to say who they're going to like. Why would why would they be, be like? We actually like a guy who some people project as a guard. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like but it point. also, but sometimes it comes off the other way where it's like, oh, like he's because like then the conspiracy theorist comes out of like, wait a minute, he's going so far overboard that it leads me to believe. That they love Skaronsky. I actually believe he was answering the question that was asked, which is, what is your ideal tackle? That, that's, that's not fun. But you know what? It's, <laughs> but that is, that is been a whole... We've established this rank. I'm not You're, you're the most <laughs> enjoyable person that I work with. Uh, and I just got myself in a lot of, prob- lot of trouble, by the way, by saying that. And I don't care. I'll stand by it. Here's my thing. I feel like the Bears, especially Ryan Poles have been so deliberate in everything that they do. Like last year, Ryan Poles is like, listen, I'm gonna, we need help on the defensive side of the football. He drafts two defensive backs in the second round when everybody was screaming for a wide receiver. And again, when they're out there and they're like, we like tall, long tackles, I think we should probably believe them when they're saying that, that that is their prototype and that's probably the person that they're going after. So Charles Davis stopped mocking Peter Skaronsky. The, no, I'm just kidding. Um, love to love to love the Charles Davis. We love him. Um, but how about another question? Yeah. Uh, thoughts on trading as far back with Pittsburgh at 19 and also getting their 32nd pick. Uh, first, uh, essentially a first round pick, as we've been told at great length by everybody. Uh, yeah, can they drop all the way down? What Pittsburgh's not 19, are they? I thought they were like 17. But I thought Tampa Bay was whatever. Could they trade? I know we've heard about a possible deal with Pittsburgh. Is that something that's possible? Sure. I mean, I also think that there's a couple of people who the Bears could make good use of in the early second round. Like BJ Ojolari is a guy out of LSU um, who a lot of people are talking about as a riser, could be in the first round, the back end of the first round. I mean, that could be one of their targeting kind of like, all right, there's a couple of guys we could pick if we picked up a little bit of trade value a little later, but I'm not suggesting to take Ojolari at 17 or 19 or whatever number that is. I'm, I'm saying like, if you're thinking about who at 32 could make some sense that one, or even, you know, there's a, there's a few like corners that have been popping up that could be valuable there as well. So there's just a few guys there. You're like, okay, well it, it would make a lot of sense, but it would have to be, you'd have to get that second pick. And right now I would imagine I, I don't know who all Pittsburgh's going to call. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, trade partner, trade value. But I know one thing. I don't think Ryan Poles is not going to give up surplus value. So 
I don't think he's going to get hosed. There, it's not. You're not going to be in a situation where you're trading up for maybe a position and maybe get a little hosed. It's not happening. You know, yeah. that's not happening. Yeah, we're not going like, to. I, I, yeah, I would like uh, that. That top of the first round, though, or second round rather, is is mm-hmm. very very interesting. Given, yep. I love. I actually really like BJ. I think obviously he had a better season two years ago than he had this season. But and so recency bias kind of comes into that. But I actually watched him play uh, this season when I went to an LSU game. Um, but that being said, we would just talk about all those offensive tackles though that could potentially not go in the first round. And if any of those guys are there, God, that's a really great. But I yep. suppose you're taking that risk if you go all the way down because you're not going to know that at nine. But if you have like a few that all would be in that area, then it would make sense, right? Because then you're going down to 19, you you pick the one that you think won't be there when you go back around. And then the second, like, it would be nice to get a two for one situation. Absolutely. But again, it's all about, like, I think every team is trying to trade down. Like I've talked to so many teams that they're, you know, I think I, I heard Terry Fontenot from the, from the, uh, the Falcons today talk about, you know, we've talked to teams about trading up. We've talked to teams about trading down. <laughs> I actually think he's not lying. I think he's just, all. I feel like that's a script. Yeah, every general manager has said that. Yeah, but I actually think this. I actually believe them this season, right? Also, Terry's not. That's Terry's true. not a big liar. He's not. There are some people who are lying liars who lie, but like Terry's not one of them. So who are who are the biggest lying liars who lie? Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Oh yes, <laughs> love him. But like, remember when he says things like, "We don't know if we're going to be here on Sunday." You're like, "Oh my yeah. god." Will any of us be here? Dead by Sunday. Yeah, we don't know what it. Yeah, but like you know, some smoke screens. Whoever Will Levis's agent is, that guy's smoke screen central. Um, you know, but I, I, I like it. It's part of the fun. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's super fun. It made Vegas go crazy. So whatever. But you know, I like a good, I like a good smoke screen. But you, you can track who, who knows agents and whatever, and kind of see it. But I don't know. I, I, I appreciate the gamesmanship. I do. Yeah. Sure. I, I would do the same thing if I was Will Levis is just tell people like, ah, I think I'm going in the first round or yep. the first overall pick. Yeah. Let everybody go. It's like the GameStop thing all over again. Now everybody's yeah. buying, they bought GameStop or GameStop and it went up. Uh, and then the stock. Are you calling Will Levis a meme stock? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, that's what it would be. He would be the equivalent, right? Like, yep. uh, I don't really know about this. Nobody but I kind of appreciate it. I I, yes. I I appreciate the gamesmanship. I do. I think it's funny, and I think it's like, I mean, who knows if it works or not? But if it, but it doesn't like. It's not like people are saying, "Oh, wow, he told every, you know, I'm not going to draft him now." Like that's it's it's not. There's really no downside. So I would do it. Yeah, you know what? I would as well. I think it's uh, it's a lot of the fun of the draft. Uh, let let's see. Let's try to. Do we have time for one more? Let's try to squeeze yeah. in one more. Oh my gosh, apostle. If both Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter were there at nine, uh, and yes, this is make-believe land, who do the Bears take? I'm going to be totally honest with you. If you get a chance to talk to Tyree Wilson, Tyree Wilson is so perfectly aligned for, one, being in Chicago. Like, all he thinks about, like, every question came back to, and I want to kick his butt. You know, like, what? Like everything came back to, like, wanting to win. And it was like super refreshing because you sit there and you're like, like all these, I was like, I had so much fun with this. And I wasn't like, he just like, he loved it. He was like, not an adult, you know, like he, like Jalen Carter had a lot of answers, you know, look, he's had a harder time going through these interviews. Like 
yeah. whatever, different different life circumstances. But the purity of Tyree, like I can see him just going downtown and Chicago, be like, this is so much fun. Like I can see him just being like everyone's favorite. And it's not a, you're not sacrificing any value. Like they play a different position, but you're not yeah. sacrificing a, a worse off player. Like a Tyree Wilson to Chicago would be like, that would be a very good fit. Like chef's kiss, beautiful fit. You give him a cake shake from Portillo's and he it would just oh, he'd be like, fine. He'd be like, <laughs> like, he'd be like the entire Portillo's. He would buy the entire thing and be like, this is fantastic. I'm going to use this their butts you know he's just like just it's so he loves football and it's really like it's it's nice to see someone actually like likes it right not talking about yeah. like their nil deals or their if you have to tell me one more time about your nil deals i'm going to lose my mind i don't yeah. care a little bit yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of over those conversations as well so it is kind of refreshing you know i i felt that way um talking about or talking to anthony richardson I was like, oh, like I've completely did a, a 180. Like I, yeah. I love him. I'm rooting yeah. for him. And I hope that he does well. Cause like, and when you find players like that, it's, it's not hard to buy in and be like, okay, yeah. Like, and I think that the teams probably feel the same way. And uh, I could see that being a real possibility for the bears. And sorry that I didn't just mention him. love Tyree Wilson's personality. Like he's just fun. Like he loves football. He's so much fun. He's like, he loves being alive. Like, like I, who doesn't like that? Like, He'd be hilarious at pressers, like, like it'd, yeah. it'd be great for all of us. You know? Yeah, you know what? Like, there's something to be said about that because I thought, like, last year with Jamal Williams, I thought that that personality played in so well with the Detroit Lions. Like, yeah, they made their run. Then we shipped him off because that's what we do. We no. can't have nice things. No, seemed, I don't know. That just seems like a mistake. But huge mistake. So. And Deuce, letting Deuce Staley walk out the door. Huge. That was huge. Uh, We're not. No one's talking about that. <laughs> I, oh, I'm right? talking, about and it deserves it. it. I know. We're talking about it. We're talking about it now, as we should be. I know, dude. Everybody, listen. Everybody wants to. Everybody wants to kiss the Lions into the NFC Championship not game. Me. Not, not realizing. Like I, I tell them. I go. Listen. I go. The way you're talking is the way that I talked in 2019, and uh, it did not work out well for me. But uh, good yeah. luck to you. Lions fans, we do actually get our Super Bowl. You know why? Because the draft is often the Lions Super Bowl and the draft next year being in Detroit. It's like, oh, finally, the one thing we pick very soon at all the time. Yes, it's in our hometown. Get Chelly's Chili because Chris Chelios, yeah, he's a he, he's a Detroit person. He's a Red Wing, not a Blackhawk. But other than that, Okay. Okay. All right. No, no. You just played an alumni game at the Hogs practice facility two weeks ago. You can't tell me he's not a hog. <laughs> I think, you know, like, oh, don't start this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's like, I'll take you there next year for the draft. I'm going to go to American Coney Dog. And I want somebody to explain to me how American Coney Dog is a Detroit institution. I don't, I don't get it. There's also Detroit I, pizza, also confusing. It is so good. Detroit pizza is actually very good. And it I don't think good. we're really good at being fat in Michigan. In Michigan, we are exceptional at being fat. So it's no surprise yeah. that. Stay in Chicago. It's really fun. <laughs> hey, listen, Cynthia, I'm going to be up in Detroit three weekends next month. So I'm hitting you up for recommendations. You got it. You got it. By the way, my friend Matt. Uh, just text it because he's too good to, to to chime in here. He said it was very nice of you to join the show tonight, Cynthia, and we agree with him. So that was uh, that what was very I, sweet. What about your other friend who's like my fave? Is he watching? 
Oh, the DePaulo brothers, they're probably watching. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a text yet because Mark is usually on it. But it's Mark, also Mark likes me the most, though. Mark, 100%. Yes, Mark, 100%. Although his kids get home, like his kids have a, what season is it right now? Is it baseball season? For Probably. the preps, hockey, yeah. uh, hockey, uh, soccer. I don't know. Pete, his son, his oldest son, he's either playing baseball or something. So it's hard for him to catch this show. It's easier for him to catch NFL Fantasy Live because of the time window here on the West Coast. Uh, but what do, you, do we have anything else, Sam? Do we have any uh, questions we have to take before we yeah. go? One last one. One last one. Take one anyway, Sammy. He said no. Find one. Um, or if it's just somebody. Oh, by the way, if you're enjoying the show, um, if you're enjoying the show, comment using the word sick. Uh, tell a friend. Do all that stuff. Uh, what are the, the order of needs on the Bears per group? You know what? I've been saying this over and over, and I've, I've started off saying this as a joke where everybody looks at, like, wide receiver, tackle, uh, defensive line. And I'm like, our first draft pick is going to be Christian Gonzalez. What do you think is the biggest, but what do you think is like the biggest need for the bears? As your Ryan Poles is sitting there, he's like, I got to make sure that I solve this position. What is the one that absolutely needs to be solved? Uh, to be, it would be somewhere between either your corner or your, your edge rusher. And look, I, I love a good, I love a good, tackle situation too i love it but your quarterback does make up for some not as great o-line play and so you could get later round guys and do it a little bit differently but i think defense needs a little little help i would agree with that i know that carmen and i have also been on the uh jackson smith and jigba trade chain trade chain trade no train jeez train i'll get it i'll get it I'll get it. I'm the accident that my son had is now start. The smell started to now make its way into the room. So if I'm a little, if I'm a little preoccupied. I apologize. I'll ask you that before we go. We've, we've, I've been admonished by people for saying that Jackson Smith and Jigba would make a, a pretty decent addition to the bears. Is that too rich? I know you were talking about with John Robinson earlier. It wouldn't be too high to go for a wide receiver at number nine. Nope. I don't think so. I mean, I look, he's not going to be there unless you want to do some finagling elsewhere, but he's not going to be there much later. And yeah. so if that's the pick, then then that's the pick. Like, go all in, put your chips in. I think that you have to remember that Smith and Jigba, he played like 88% of the time out of the slot. It would be hard to forecast him switching solely outside or doing something completely different, at least for a while. He does have good yards after the catch ability, which is something that's really important, but he's not a burner. He's not the fastest guy in the field. He's, he, is a, he is a precise and pristine route runner. In fact, he was way more productive. So he, last season, he only played three games. He got hurt, hamstrings. The season before, when he played with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, he was the most productive one on the field in terms of receptions, in terms of targets, in terms of yards per reception and touchdowns. But again, you have to remember those guys are also on the field. So maybe that also gave him an opportunity to look mm -hmm. really, really good. So that, you know, there's six of one, half a dozen of the, of the other, but you have to forecast him to at least start off working from the slot and then move to the outside after he understands, you know, how, how NFL defenses are going to line up against him. That's very true. Right. I go, yeah. I go, and we got DJ Moore, so he gets to play the X spot. I love yeah. DJ Moore. Yeah, he's underrated. I love that. Like that's such a good part of that trade that people are not. They they have to value that along with the picks. 
Yeah, that, that that's needs why I to trust be... Ryan Poles. That's why I trust Ryan Poles because that was a good point. Too, you know? great guy. Yeah, that was a great that was a great trade. All all across the board, and the fact that that was the sticking point was just genius on his point. I feel like he's playing chess, and everybody else is playing checkers. And as you said, Cynthia, earlier in the in the show, talking about selling at the highest possible time, he he sold his game stock, GameStop stock at the correct time. Could bring it all. Really having together. a time of it. <laughs> uh, okay, Cynthia. So, what's going on with the NFL Network this week? Where can we find you as uh, the draft ramps up on Thursday? Where are you going to be? So, we're doing the NFL Plus. We're doing a little bit different. You can obviously watch the regular broadcast or the broadcast on the fast channels. But on NFL Plus, it's like me, Rhett, Coach Shaw, Mark Ross. We're going to do it a little bit differently. So, if you go watch on NFL Plus, you get to make picks with us. We don't have commercials, which is really cool. And two, um, it's going to get a little wacky. And three, you can see if I pronounce anyone's names wrong. I've been working on about like 350, 400, but you never know. Those Patriots, they could go Cole Strange on me and, you know, make it really hard on me. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, they're, they're obviously a wild card, as you mentioned earlier. Seattle is a wild card as well. NFL Plus, are you going to do that from L.A. or are you going out to Kansas City? It's in L.A. And then Friday yeah. and Saturday, I'm on the fast whatever the, the, the draft. So NFL.com and NFL. Yeah. So we on the fast stuff on set. So that's when I'll really get the names wrong. Feel free to make fun of me. That's a legit area to make fun of me about. No, I listen. And I will tell everybody that NFL plus is a really good value. If you want to check out uh, what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of months, NFL plus is really something worthwhile. And this draft week, you're going to get Cynthia Freeland. You're going to get Mark Ross, coach Shaw, as she said, it's a great value. Go check it out. I think there's probably free trials as well. You've yeah. never checked out NFL. I think maybe Ryan Poles will be making an appearance doing a little interview with me after talking about why he made the picks that he did. So, you know, like just just NFL Plus. That's what we're gonna we're we're looking all at that. It'll come out in a couple weeks. Awesome. So check out NFL Plus. Well, I, I again I cannot thank you enough for being here. I know you. your schedule is super busy, so I appreciate you making the time to do this today. You guys and, are the uh, best. No, you're the best. Uh, thank you very much. We're going to let you go. And uh, we'll see you on NFL Plus this week. There she goes. Uh, the great Cynthia Freeland. By the way, I didn't bring this up while she was on the show. I saw, I don't know whose Instagram post it was. There was a, there was a party this weekend. It was you, MJ, Colleen Wolf. Uh, I was like all the superstars. Like it was, <laughs> that looked like a party. Like that was, that was a fun it was, Oh, uh, Alex Curry was part of it. Like yep. amazing. Joy Taylor. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I just saw Cynthia on Friday. It was a lovely event put on by McAllen. And so we got a McAllen tasting, a Scotch whiskey tasting. And it was all brought together by our friend, Aaron, who just loves celebrating women in broadcast, women in sports. And Scotch there was some other women there from, yes, yes. So she brought all of us together. That was actually the first time I've met her, but now I kind of count her as a friend. But it was wonderful to walk in to – I really didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden, I see Cynthia and I see Colleen. I see MJ, Joy, and Alex. And, like, Joy and Alex and I are all obviously all at Fox. So yeah. it was a lovely event. And we all had bright colors on, and that was totally not planned. We just – it was, like, finally nice in L.A. after being really dreary for a while. Right. So I guess all of us just had the same thought process of, like, well, I'm just going to wear a bunch of color. But it was, it was a lovely, lovely dinner, and it was amazing. Hmm? It was awesome. No, it was great because you see the photo, and you're like, oh, there's M- M- MJ and, and Joy are always together. And then you're like, oh, and there's Alex yeah. there, too. And I'm like, Carmen. And then Cynthia and Colleen and all 
all my favorites all together. And uh, Eric Coscarelli is uh, one of my favorites as well. We were together on a show in 2015 called Fantasy and Friends, which to this day is one of the most enjoyable shows I was ever a part of. Dave Damashek was the host. MJD, Aaron Coscarelli, and me. Wow, it was, love that. It was it was yeah, such a it was such fantastic. a it was such a fun show. And uh, MJD and I still talk about it to this day. A lot of the segments that you see on the NFL Network stemmed from Fantasy and Friends that people ripped off and uh, took to other shows. And you see them on Total Access in Fantasy Live and all that stuff. But you know, in any event. Uh, regardless, where where can we find you though? Because obviously you do such a great job for Fox Sports. You cover the NFC North. Where are you? You're obviously in Chicago right now. Where are you going to yeah. be for the draft? I will be at House Hall. So awesome. well, that's right. I, you said that last week. Yeah. Yep. So on Thursday, I will be there on Thursday for the first round, and then I think I'm going to go back on Saturday after they wrap everything up and have a you know the post draft in its entirety, pressers uh, and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to get to be in Hallis Hall for the draft and hear from Ryan Poles right afterwards and Matt Eberflus. So it's going to be great. That sounds amazing. So be sure to check that out on foxsports.com. So for everybody, once again, a reminder, Rip Beer Company in Huntington Beach, PCH location. We'll be having our draft party. We'll be doing a live hit after the Bears pick. And then, of course, I'll be on the Tape Never Lies Network at some point uh, talking as probably a little bit more potty mouth because I try to keep it in control for Sammy here because uh, I don't want to hurt his delicate ears. But for Carmen, <laughs> I'm Adam. Uh, enjoy the draft. We'll come after you next week. Uh, we're going to have a, a couple of big shows lined up for you. So until that time, bear down, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip. And, Sammy, go ahead and uh, play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. 